Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We've finally got a release date for Armored Core 6. For April 28th, 2023, this is Let's Play Daily Gaming News. Hey, what's going on? My name's Nate Bender, and welcome to Let's Play, a daily gaming news podcast where we run down everything you need to know from the gaming world in about five minutes. Coming up, Microsoft are feeling pretty sorry for themselves. Turns out the CMA also doesn't believe the Nintendo Switch can run a Call of Duty game, and we'll check out the week that was in video game news with the Friday Replay. Yesterday, From Software graced us all with a surprise trailer for Armored Core 6, Fires of the Rubicon revealing a little bit more about the mechanics of Armored Core 6. And alongside the trailer, Bandai Namco released the official description. Armored Core 6 takes place on a remote planet called Rubicon 3, where a mysterious substance called coral is discovered as a new energy source. While researchers were certain that coral would advance humanity's technologies, coral instead engulfed the planet and star system in a flaming storm. Extraterrestrial corporations and resistance groups fight to control the coral resources. The player comes into the story as an independent mercenary who is free to forge their own path on Rubicon 3. All of which explains why Armored Core 6 is called the Fires of Rubicon. FromSoft is also not making us wait long for Armored Core 6 with the release coming in just four months on August 25th. Unlike Armored Core's previous installment, 6 will not be a PlayStation exclusive. Fires of Rubicon is coming to PC via Steam, PlayStation 4, and 5, along with Xbox One, X, and S. Overall, I'm actually really excited for this game because I'm looking forward to seeing if FromSoft can actually pull off capturing lightning in a bottle twice and bring this called Classic Series to the mainstream. Microsoft's president, Brad Smith, has started his pity party campaign, following United Kingdom regulators blocking the Activision Blizzard merger. 
Smith went on BBC's Wake Up to Money podcast yesterday, God, what a terrible name, to lambast the UK government, stopping short of saying that Microsoft would pull out of operating in the UK. Smith addressed UK regulators' ruling, where he had this to say. Uh, When we study the decision, in part it's based on what we feel is such a flawed or just faulty understanding of the market. It's all about a potential concern about what can become the cloud streaming of games, just like you see the streaming of movies on a network like Netflix. But this business is so small today that Microsoft can't even stream games to more than 5,000 people at a time in the entirety of the United Kingdom. The Competition and Markets Authority wasn't looking at Microsoft's market share in the UK alone, though. Microsoft owns a 70% market share globally of the cloud gaming market, according to the European Commission. Cloud gaming has also grown into a billion-dollar market in the last three years. Cloud gaming generated $669 million in 2020, $1.6 billion in 2021, and $2.4 billion in 2022, with most market projections seeing this upward trend continuing. With all that being said, I have to agree with the concerns of the CMA, because Microsoft owns a monopoly-sized share of the cloud gaming market. Smith continued his comments on the podcast, where he said, But this decision, I have to say, is probably the darkest day in our four decades in Britain. It does more to shake our confidence in the future of the opportunity to grow a technology business in Britain than we've ever confronted before. Which is honestly laughable. The $548 billion tech giant's darkest day was when regulators did their job. Smith finishes with his frustration with the CMA, where he said this. In part, it's extremely disappointing and even frustrating. Frustrating in part because just two weeks ago, we thought we had answered every question that the CMA panel had put to us. And we specifically said, if you have any other questions or if you have any other concerns, please let us know. We want to address them. And they went silent. What Smith neglects to mention is the CMA specifically called for structural remedies to approve the acquisition of Activision Blizzard, meaning Microsoft had to sell off part of Activision Blizzard. And the CMA outlined three ways to do it by divesting the Call of Duty franchise, divesting Blizzard Entertainment, or divesting Activision Publishing. So instead of working with regulators on a more nuanced structural remedy, Microsoft made flimsy commitments with their competition, which doesn't satisfy my own concerns of this consolidation and thankfully doesn't satisfy the concerns of the CMA either. Continuing on with more CMA versus Microsoft news, along with the CMA's final ruling, they released a 415-page final report detailing how they came to their decision. So video game news is inundated with new omissions that we previously didn't know, like CMA calling into question Microsoft's claims to run Call of Duty on the Nintendo Switch, something I specifically touched on when Microsoft made their 10-year commitment with Nintendo earlier this year. The CMA came to a similar conclusion that the Nintendo Switch is not capable of running any modern Call of Duty game. 
Microsoft addressed this concern by claiming Activision Blizzard could optimize Call of Duty games to play on the Switch. That's pretty funny. Which begs the question, if they could do that, why hasn't Activision Blizzard done that on their own? Hell, even before the Nintendo Switch, Activision was never optimizing Call of Duty for Nintendo consoles. Activision Blizzard contracted out development of a Nintendo equivalent every single time. And these Nintendo Call of Duty games never had the same fidelity, gameplay, or social reach that the PlayStation or Xbox titles had. So a 10-year commitment to publish Call of Duty on Nintendo consoles is a moot concession and doesn't actually offer any consumer or market protections. All right, it's Friday, and this is normally where we would read a podcast review, but for like the sixth week in a row, we don't have any new reviews to read. So please head on over to Apple Podcasts, Audible, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Podchaser, or even Amazon.com. Search for Let's Play Daily Gaming News and leave us a review. We'll read it here Fridays on the show. All right, with it being Friday, let's check out some of the biggest stories from this week in gaming with the Friday Replay. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Over the last two years on Let's Play, I've been covering the rise of far-right extremism permeating into the gaming community with far-right extremists using video games as a recruitment or financing tool. Now, over the last two years, despite multiple peer-reviewed studies, multiple Anti-Defamation League surveys, and numerous advocacy groups calling for action, we haven't seen much effort from major game studios or publishers to rid their player base of far-right extremists. However, that seems to be changing for the Gary's Mod community. Gary's Mod creator Gary Newman took to Twitter specifically to address Gmod's Nazi problem, pointing out that there's been a string of World War II themed Gmod servers that glorify and celebrate Nazi Germany. Newman then ponders about the pros and cons of banning Nazi symbolism. To be perfectly honest, there's really no cons in banning fascists, though Newman fixated on wanting to allow players to create whatever they want, but not allowing them to celebrate Nazis. Newman finished by holding a Twitter poll asking if he should ban, quote, Nazi game modes in Gmod. 74% of the 50,000 respondents voted that Nazi game modes should be banned. 
While it's kind of nice to see a developer actually call out their far-right extremist problem, I would much rather see the developer take action instead of pondering and asking for the community feedback. These networks of far-right extremists are dangerous, and having this laissez-faire attitude exacerbates those issues. Over the last month, Pokemon Go developer Niantic has been ignoring a controversy they created. At the end of March, Niantic announced it was making massive changes to the remote raid pass system in Pokemon Go. The remote raid pass was a pandemic-eric change Niantic made to allow people to play Pokemon Go at home. Originally, the remote raid passes only cost a dollar each, and there was no limit on how many you could use in a day. Now, remote raid passes are $2 each, and everyone is limited to use five remote raid passes a day. Niantic also added more rewards to in-person raids to further incentivize people to play Pokemon Go outside. However, Ed Wu, Pokemon Go's vice president, doesn't attribute these changes to trying to get players to go outside. Wu explained to Polygon that the price hike on remote raid passes was to make Pokemon Go, quote, financially sustainable for the future. Regardless, though, this change to the remote raid passes has pissed off Pokemon Go players, and in particular, disabled Pokemon Go players, because the remote raid pass only cost a dollar and it allowed people with limited mobility to experience the game without putting themselves at risk. I do find it a little bit ghoulish that Niantic ostensibly charges for an accessibility feature, establishing attacks on disabled players, and Niantic is doubling the price and limiting usage with these new changes. That being said, though, Niantic hasn't addressed any player's concerns over the remote raid passes. What Niantic did do, though, was post a tone-deaf tweet saying, quote, The reviews for Going Outside are in using the Rotten Tomatoes tweet structure to say that 95% of the reviews are positive for going outside. Niantic quickly deleted the tweet, seemingly because this looks like a passive-aggressive swipe at the angry Pokemon Go community. It's been a while since we had any unionization news in the games industry. This time around, 144 staffers at Sega of America have filed with the National Labor Relations Board for a union election. If the union vote passes, these 144 workers will form the Allied Employees Guild Improving Sega, or Aegis. Aegis was fundamentally made to bargain with Sega for higher wages at Sega of America, though Aegis outlined other goals that the union will be seeking, like improving and stabilizing all benefits for workers and making a clear path for career advancement. Aegis is also seeking to balance workloads and help staff departments adequately to end, quote, overwork. Now, unlike previous unionization efforts like the ones at Activision Blizzard, Sega hasn't come out of the gate and started union busting. Sega has been particularly quiet while Aegis files with the NLRB. Sega workers also confirmed this by saying that management hasn't bothered them about Aegis, with a couple of interviewees confident that Sega of Japan will voluntarily recognize the Aegis union. 
Overall, it's nice to see another studio start the unionization process. While progress has been slow with Aegis, we are now potentially five unions strong in the U.S. games industry. And I want to encourage any developer listening to this to look into unionizing, because it's not just for your benefit, but for the benefit of your fellow co-workers to get a fair shake, too. Yesterday was April 26th, and the United Kingdom's Competition and Markets Authority gave their final ruling on Microsoft's $68.7 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Surprisingly, the CMA announced that it was actually blocking the merger, citing that if the deal proceeded, Microsoft would gain an unfair advantage in the cloud gaming market. Despite the flimsy 10 years deal that Microsoft was handing out like candy, Microsoft's president, Brad Smith, commented on the CMA's decision, stating that Microsoft would be appealing this decision. Smith also goes further to insinuate that UK regulators' decision is flawed, based on a misunderstanding of the cloud gaming market. Bobby Kotick, Activision Blizzard's CEO, also commented on this decision, specifically stating that Activision Blizzard would also be appealing. Both companies have started to file their petitions with the UK's Competition and Markets Tribunal. While the UK does give companies a chance to appeal, the process is notoriously slow, with the tribunal dealing with appellate concerns in nine months in most cases. If the tribunal overrules the CMA's initial decision, Microsoft and Activision Blizzard will be sent back to the CMA to give it another shot at getting a regulatory approval, meaning that there is no way in hell that Microsoft will be closing this deal with Activision Blizzard this year. Overall, I'm pleasantly surprised with the CMA's decision here because preliminary rulings from the CMA were pointing to approval. Though the market growth of cloud gaming from 2021 to 2022 cemented the CMA's concerns over cloud gaming. And again, despite Microsoft's flimsy 10-year commitments with their competition, Microsoft still holds a 70% market share of the cloud gaming market. So I have a feeling that Microsoft will have to divest parts of of Activision Blizzard to get the CMA's approval the second time around. All right, well, that's it for today's episode of Let's Play. Make sure you subscribe so you can come back on Monday for even more video game news. Follow us on TikTok at Let's Play Gaming News and leave us a podcast review on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Podchaser, and Amazon. Story selection and writing by Aaron Pillen. You can follow him on Twitter at Lloyd underscore RNG. You can follow me on Twitter at Nate Benderama and catch me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. My name's Nate Bender. Keep listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.